0: Thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 9th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. For international students studying in the United States, it's a precarious time. If their universities do not offer in person classes, they'll have to return to their home countries. The president, for his part, is demanding the schools open this fall, and schools already hemorrhaging money are trying to do the right thing in weighing concerns about spreading coronavirus against worries of losing more revenue. Cato's Alex Narasta discusses this. This latest immigration restriction and offers a few better policy ideas. The president is insisting, uh, one, that schools must reopen in the fall while schools sort of, I don't know if you'd call it hemming and hawing. I think it's probably pretty prudent. A lot of the uh, uh, discussions that they're going through and trying to come come to a reasonable accommodation for students and uh, still get young people the educations that they need. Uh, and the other is that for international students who are in the U.S. on student visas, if their schools go uh, online only, then those uh, international students will have to leave the United States and cannot stay in the United States in, during the fall semester. So these seem to be pretty strongly related. Um, and uh, as you said before we started recording, they're so related, it's an explicit statement uh, from some folks in the White House.
1: That's right. Ken Cuccinelli, who is acting as head of DHS, stated explicitly that the reason for this is to try to persuade schools across the United States to open this fall and to take students. And the reason why this has a good chance of succeeding if it's not blocked by the courts is that a substantial percentage of the revenue for American universities comes from foreign students. So foreign students pay full price. They do not get in-state tuition. They pay a price above American citizen students from outside of the state. Uh, About 5.5% of all students in the United States um, in higher education are foreign-born, about 5.5%. But when it comes to public universities on the state level, 12% are foreign-born, and in public universities, they account for 30% of tuition payments. Now, one of the reasons why this is going to be even more important in the future is what we saw in the 2008 sort of financial crisis and the recession afterwards is that state revenues plummeted. And one of the areas that they did cut was higher education. So these universities became even more reliant on the full price tuition payments of foreign students.
0: And so the the value proposition for a lot of these students pretty much evaporates when Uh, those schools go online only. That's
1: right. Uh, So the rule that is being released by the government would allow them to stay if they take one class in person, one three-credit class, or if they transfer to a university that has uh, classes that are operating in person on a very short notice. So most semesters start in uh, August and September. So that's not much time to do a transfer and mostly the transfer application process has been closed by this time anyway.
0: And so uh, presumably what the White House is trying to do is punish schools that are not going to have any uh, on-campus classes and reward uh, students, international students, for uh, switching to another school. And if they're unable to do that or choose not to do that, they they have to then engage in this enormous expense of Going home.
1: That's right. And one of the big benefits of coming to the United States through education is not just getting the skills, it's not just, you know, living here and absorbing American culture and learning about it and all those other benefits, but it's also the possibility when you're done, if you have a STEM degree, for instance, of being able to potentially stay and work lawfully after after your degree. So there is a program called OPT. It basically allows, it's optional practical training. It basically allows some percentage of SIM students to work in the United States um, for basically up to about uh, 36 months after they get their degree. But that only works if you've finished your degree in the United States in a STEM field at an American university. So if you're overseas uh, taking your college class remotely, Uh, You don't get the potential benefits of that. So there's lots of reasons to come to the U.S., cultural, other reasons, of course. But one of the big reasons to pay a full-price tuition to come to this country to learn a subject that you can learn in another country is the possibility of being able to work here at substantially higher wages.
0: Now, uh, how hard was it up till now for uh, young people from other countries to get student visas to come to the U.S.? Were there hard limits on the numbers or uh, was there an enormous expense involved? There's no hard limit on the numbers. The numbers are uncapped for that, but there is an
1: expense. You have to take usually multiple trips to a U.S. embassy or consulate in your home country to get permission. You, of course, have to be accepted by the American university. You have to pass, uh, in most cases, the TOEFL requirements, which are the English fluency Requirements because American universities are all in English, um, and uh, you know the associated SAT costs, which you know SATs are taken at pretty much every American high school uh, a couple of times throughout the year. But in a foreign high school, it's not so common. So there might be if you're especially in a country like Nigeria, for instance. Uh, there are a couple testing locations a couple times a year. You have to travel to those. You have to study for those and register for them. So it's much more similar to, say, traveling for like a, a bar exam, for instance, rather than it is taking an SAT. So it's quite expensive. And um, uh, to, to be able to come to the United States from abroad, what we see is that most of these students from abroad uh, come from middle class or rich backgrounds, which is why their families are able to pay full price uh, to come to the United States and to go through a lot of these more expensive application processes. Uh, but of course demand is not perfectly inelastic. What this will do, uh, is decrease a lot of the people who want to come here. And what we've seen over the last several years is the government has increased, uh, vetting has increased a lot of the costs to getting student visas. And we've seen the numbers fall over the last three or four years.
0: So, uh, What's the better policy here? I mean, it, it sounds like we're we at one point at least were not that far from the idea that was thrown around by people like Jeff Flake, which is, hey, you come to the US, you get a a degree, um, and we'll staple a green card to your diploma. And and now it seems like we're moving in the definitely in the opposite direction by punishing either universities for not having on-campus classes, even during a, a very difficult time where there are some, there are potentially some real costs to, uh, having, uh, on-campus in-person classes or impose these enormous costs on, uh, young people who would otherwise prefer to stay in the U.S.
1: We're definitely moving away from the Jeff Flake idea of the, uh, the staple act that he introduced, I believe it was in 2010 to uh, attach a green card to every graduate, Uh, I think we should definitely move in that direction. But we also can't separate these moves from the administration's fear over China, uh, industrial espionage, as well as state espionage that also occurs. About um, a third of the foreign students in the United States are from the People's Republic of China. And when you take a look at the foreign STEM students in the United States, uh, just shy of 35% are from the People's Republic of China. And there are definitely legitimate concerns uh, with some people coming from China to come here to study, which is a path frequently to OPT, H-1B, and in some cases, eventually a green card. Um, to such an extent that Senator How- uh, Senator Tom Cotton um, introduced a bill to make it so that Chinese students cannot study STEM in the United States. They can only study uh, humanities and and other softer subjects and not STEM. Uh, So that's definitely sort of being baked in to this. And as part of the concern here are the national security implications from China. Um, And this is just, I think, another way to reduce the benefits of studying here, not just for Chinese students, but for all students.
0: How explicit is that in the claims from people like Cuccinelli and the president?
1: They haven't said anything, as far as I've read, about uh, China or Chinese students with this particular rule that says you have to go back to their home country. Um, But the president has issued other executive orders that have limited Chinese access to certain programs if these Chinese students come from a People's Liberation Army uh call run colleges um in the people's republic of china uh he has also stated a couple times that he wants to go further in terms of restricting the access of chinese students to u.s programs and of course the bill i mentioned uh, introduced by senator tom cotton uh that would do uh that but make it permanent and uh bar access of basically all chinese students to all stem
0: programs Harvard and MIT have filed suit against the administration for this rule. What what are their claims?
1: So their claim is that this rule hasn't gone through the proper Administrative Procedure Act steps in order to become a rule. It has important aspects, uh, important impacts on US universities as well as the students who are here. Uh, it hasn't really provided a reasonable basis for this policy except for trying to get schools to open and it hasn't um, notified the public with advanced warning. So people need to have a warning if there's a regulatory change under the law, they need to have an ability to comment upon this change and the comments need to be taken seriously, these concerns by the U.S. government before enacting this rule. Uh, This rule has been enacted, however, and will go into effect next semester. So there just isn't much much time. So Harvard and MIT are claiming that um, the imposition of this rule violates the Administrative Procedure Act.
0: Alex Narasta directs immigration policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.